Rubicon is an interesting sci-fi film with a planet-wide devastation and also how the human element plays into it. This is Sci-Fi Talk, the podcast on how sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and comics help us explore our humanity. This follows a major catastrophe on Earth. The planet gets covered by a toxic fog while a space station orbits her. So the decision for the people on the space station is twofold. Do you go rescue the people that are left behind in their protective domes that only the elite can afford, or do you just stay and protect yourselves? I spoke to the film's director, Lonnie Larisk, and also the film's star, Julia Franz Richter, about this intriguing SF film. Ladies really enjoyed this film. Really did. <laughs> Thank you so much. Came away thinking about it. Uh, really thought about it and still thinking about it and the implications of it. Julia, what a performance. You, you're really a great performance and your character had so many challenges in this film. And I thought you stepped up really well. Thank you so much. Really, it a lot. So Lenny, how did this uh, come about, this story? Ooh, so many influences. The initial idea actually comes from a meme in the internet. <laughs> and it was on Reddit or something. And somebody asked, so how would the astronauts and the ISS uh, react if like, the world was going down underneath them? I was like, oh, interesting, interesting. <laughs> and then, you know, and then I thought, okay, but this is not making the story. Now I have to fill it, you know, with, with theme and, you know, with characters and, you know, and with a meaning. And um, at and I also told him that at that time I was very, con I mean, or I had a very depressive phase in my life where I felt a lot of pain about like the, the, the planet that felt like dying. I mean, that was after the refugee crisis and just before Greta Thunberg uh, movement. So I kind of had this same feelings maybe like her and I did so much research and it really depressed me there was times when I couldn't leave bed anymore because I thought like okay we just killed the corals they are gone now after you know after every crisis there is you know an uprising again so I said like okay I will use this crisis and use it for my script so uh yeah and and then you know these characters were formed by like also like also me, I am torn as a person myself. And I think like all of these three characters are inside of me. And in a way, it's a very personal film, actually, even if it's like sci-fi and explosions and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, every character of them is also inside of me. And I, sometimes I'm always like, who am I most now? Who am I now? So because <laughs> it's always like changing back and forth. More on Rubicon in a moment. So, Julia, talk about, we'll both ask you both about this, the spacewalking in the film. What was that like for you? <laughs> <laughs> it's easy to answer because it was exhausting. <laughs> and it was really hot because the spacesuit was very hot and there was a lot of lights and a lot of, we had to repeat it a lot of times. And so... Um, yeah, and you was, need so much core strength. You cannot forget how much core strength you had to have all the time. I mean, we did a training, but just once. 
And in the meantime, I just said like, Julia, can you please do workout a lot? Because this day will be tough and we can't have a second one. We have, don't have the money for a second one. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so there are some really funny videos about me hanging around there when there was a pause during the takes. <laughs> I was in the astronaut suit, but yes, it was a very, like, it, there was nothing more to play. It was just physically exhausting. And yeah, it really felt real. Like every of her breaths was not played. She was really mm -hmm. in her breath, like these astronauts are when they're on, a, on an outside mission. First of all, any designing the space station and then Julia working in the space station. So Lenny, why don't you go first about that? It really looked like a real station. Uh, yeah, I mean, and everything came together because like, you know, you, <laughs> I had this amazing um, production designer, Johannes Mücke, who was also in a way experienced because he was working for Roland Emmerich as a set designer, uh, but he was always just doing like small parts. So he was super enthusiastic to do like, you know, the whole thing and, you know, being the boss <laughs> at the first time. So, and also that this happens in Austria. So everybody was actually super ex um, excited about it. Um, but, you know, um, we were always underneath this. Do you also say that in English, Damocles sword? <laughs> yes, the sword of Damocles, yes. <laughs> the sword of Damocles that um, we had no money or always too little money. So every decision came out of, uh, okay, how are we going to solve this? And I think, I mean, I love this. I love if you're, um, if you're having that many restrictions and problems, because that's always like such a creative um, source, to be honest. So I think it's like, I, I think like the big film directors made movies the, mo the moment they had all the money they wanted to have, because that makes you lazy and we couldn't be lazy because every decision had to be on point. There was mm. no room for mistakes because there was really no money for that. So everything had to be so planned. And I think like I did work on this film double as much as I would have, you know, on a normal film, you know, that is played like here, like or like a normal for, also feature film, like a first feature film. Because, yeah, you were also exposed and it was super expensive for Austrian dimension. So there was no room for failure. Failure was never an option. So <laughs> I did not sleep a lot <laughs> and I lost a lot of kilos. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, But it was worth it. And I think you can really see it and everybody keeps saying that it doesn't look like the stuff it is, wood and plastic. <laughs> no, not at all. It was, I mean, as an actress or as an actor, you're always depending on how the set design and how the costumes, how authentic they are, like how hermetic the setting is. It's if you, if there's some things and you feel like it doesn't, in a way it doesn't, it's not complete or it's, it's um, inconsequent. Um, the character also loses, loses strength. Like you don't believe the character that much if the setting is also, um, credibility hmm? credibility you mean yeah and so for me it was really amazing to come to the set because i've never worked in such a setting before and it was something i i saw in the movies as a child um in like new movies from america but it's not let's say a typical austrian setting for a film and so as i came to the set the first day it was really it was really amazing because it was overwhelmingly consequent and it was really yeah it gave you the um, the fact fundament fundament 
Yes. Yeah. Yes, for the characters. Mm-hmm. And one was was this tunnel where we've been in, and it was just going forward. My look at Rubicon and its star and director in a moment. Now, Yuli, I know you've won some awards in your native Austria, and and also you were blessed with this incredible actors uh, to work with. I mean, George uh, looks like a young Terrence Stamp, and Mark <laughs> Ivanier is a, another great actor. Both have a lot of good experience. What was it like? Well, directing them, Lenny, and also Julia acting with them. What was it like? Lenny, we'll start with you. Um, actually, the best, to be honest, it's so it was so much easier than to work with um, actors of Austria. Honestly, <laughs> that's a very different approach, I think. Too, it's it's you know, in Mark's case, it's really this. Yes, we can do it, American um, style. And, and George was always like, he was like, okay, no, you're the director. I totally, I give, uh, I totally trust you. This is like this full trusting. And in Austria, I think people tend more, uh, like actors tend more to really work and um, also got, get, get into discussions and disputes with you. But um, so it was actually easier <laughs> and it's uh, interesting how prepared everybody came. So these guys also knew kind of about, you know, let's say their grade of fame. And I think they were so gentlemanlike that they didn't play that card, never. And they were always super respectful towards me and Julia. Um, I, I really appreciate that. And that really made it possible for me to really work because sometimes you have this shield of egocentric behavior that is probably just a safety shield actors sometimes have and I, to be honest i think it's getting worse by the year mm. um, but with mark there was no such thing he was really just, i mean he had a lot of ideas but he he was always like accepting if i said like this is what we're doing and this is my opinion then he was just saying yeah of course you're the director so who am i to yeah so and that was cool because like i had this freedom to work without any of these inner like these conflicts or anything so it was really just about the scenes about the characters about what brings the story to its best <laughs> julia <laughs> i will just um just add something because i experienced it very similar like it was super respectful they're both so intelligent and they bring so much like character and personality and they have so many yeah like really intelligent ideas of how to how to think about the world, but they're and you can discuss with them. And it was really nice that we could discuss about things and we could discuss about politics or about how we felt about the questions we also showed in the movie. And but it was also very interesting because we're socialized so different. Because I think going to an acting school in Austria is so much like when, also when we talked about it, it's so different to going to an acting school in, in the UK or in the US or, and so we were very different in the way that we worked. And I think this was also something which made it richer because we, you could tell that we like 
maybe one does it more from the outside to the inside and one does it more from the inside to the outside and gets like it was really great also to work for me because like these guys um had these different approaches and that does something you know to to a scene to the atmosphere it makes it really alive mm. um sorry sorry i didn't want to interrupt you Julia. just so oh, that because my last sentence would have been <laughs> will now be that it i think made the experience and also the dialogues very rich because there was really three people who are so different in a way of working getting together discussing things on a theoretical level but we really discussed it because we yeah we're so different and well i tell you uh yulia you had to really i i just like all the different facets of her she was playful she was a lover but then when it really needed to be she turned on the commander side of herself being a soldier and everything and to play something someone that multifaceted and to really at least in my opinion switch each of those roles seamlessly where you totally believed that this was a well-rounded person and not just somebody playing a different scene yeah both of you comment on this character and then i mean you got a lot to work with and you and you brought it you brought it as i say here in the state you know as a writer of the script too um it was also very challenging you know to write a female lead because and also a female lead that has not the strongest opinion because like you know the men have actually the stronger you know they're diverging more and she's somewhere in between which is actually toxic for a main character if he has not a very straight path and combined with being a woman was actually really, really hard. And I didn't never want to get into this trap where, you know, you have like this super feminist woman, because like, I always wanted it to be like the feeling of a post feminism culture where mm -hmm. it's not even a discussion, whether a woman is a commander or not, she doesn't even have to prove how strong she is because that's not a thing anymore. Um, which really helped. But I, I think uh, we did some good writing decisions that, you know, helped, you know, forming a way that is beyond like, you know, I want to fulfill a goal. It's more of like finding yourself in, in a society and then finding yourself in a, in a moment of crisis, which, yeah, really worked well. But I really can't stress enough how much Julia also brought from within she uh, approached the character sometimes very differently than me also sometimes even more feminine than me because like i'm much more of a tomboy so i thought it even more tomboyish and she brought this feminine vulnerability sometimes and sometimes uh, like a deep sadness where you couldn't really tell where it's coming from but it was just there and it was real and it was so layered so yeah she really in the end really she was the one who brought it brought it to life then you sure did what do you what do you say about that <laughs> Um, it's it's really hard for me because Lenny, it's it's really um, how do I say it? It's very emotional. <laughs> um, but I felt very gifted to get the opportunity to play a character which such a huge emotional range. Oh like yeah. The the first thing which came to my mind when I read the script, besides the political things which I saw in it was that it's a character who has such a huge transformation from the first scene to the last and which is so there are so many decisions and it's it's never a stereotype and i i also felt like 
because there was also this article which I read by the time it was from, a, I think, a screenwriter from the U.S. who wrote an article about strong female leads. And I really liked about this script that, that it was no stereotype in either direction. It was not like a female role who is now being very masculine for yeah, taking, taking the lead, but just someone who's really calm with, with, with herself or um, who, I don't know, who it, you, can, you, you have to show where the character comes from because Lenny and Jessica build a very, the, um, how do I say, the history where the character is coming from, the world, how it is. It's a very consequent way of thinking our world right now one step further. And so I felt like this is also something which I have to embody maybe or this being in the army because I, they made me to go there because I didn't have a choice because there's this class system and it's even worse than right now. Oh. Yeah, really an, really an amazing film. As I said, it made me think. Congratulations to both of you. Uh, I mean, this has been one of the, my favorite films of the year, and I'm not just saying that. Yeah, I mean, I, I really like the themes and the, and the questions that are brought up. And uh, I mean, part of me was thinking, yeah, it's good to save those people, but are, are they really worth saving? You know what I mean? You know, it's like there's so many questions and not, and not enough answers, and really good movies do that. So congratulations, ladies. Uh, you have a very special film here, and the work you put in shows on screen, too. Thanks so much. Thanks Thank you. You both take care and yeah. can't wait to see what you do next. Rubicon is available at Microsoft and Spectrum to rent and Google Play, Amazon and Vudu to buy and rent. So check it out. Worthwhile. Sci-Fi Talk Plus is a great podcasting gift, not only for yourself, but also for your friends and family. There's over 800 episodes, commercial free, uncut and even special programs. The best part of it, it's free for a lifetime. Click on the link in the show notes for a free lifetime access. This is Tony Tolado.